Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome, NCLEX High Yielders. This is Dr. Zeeshan, and I'm the host of NCLEX High Yield Podcast, where we will be giving out daily content for your exam, tips and tricks that the boards love to ask, and overall general information on how to study, what to study, and complex topics broken down for you. Whether you're a first-time test taker or even a repeat test taker, we have helped people across the globe pass their NCLEX exams. So do not give up and get motivated. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also visit our Instagram at NCLEX High Yield, at NCLEX High Yield, where you can DM us questions so we can answer them on the podcast. Also, check out our website www.nclexhighyield.com and subscribe to receive a link to our weekly free Zoom session. Free Zoom session where I drop all types of content, break down complex topics and make them easy for you to understand every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See you guys then. Take care. Pediatric cardio, there's not really too much that you need to know. But the things that you need to know are going to be fairly high yield. So understanding them is going to be very important. Let's start with what we've got right in front of us is infant CPR. With infant CPR, the guidelines that you need to follow, the guidelines that you need to know are going to be, one, we check their pulse in the brachial portion of the arm, which is kind of like the bicep, the inner part of the bicep. We don't check it in the carotid. That's how they're going to try and trick you. So check it in the brachial part. How are they going to ask this? Either I select all that apply or they'll actually give you a diagram of the child. They'll give you like a picture of the child and they're going to say, put an X where you're going to take this child's pulse. And it's going to be in the brachial part of their arm. The second thing is, is that we use two fingers in the center of their chest to do compressions. So two fingers in the center of the chest to press down. We do not use the heel of our hand. Two fingers center of the chest. Same thing. Either it's going to be select all that apply or they're going to give you the picture of the baby and they're going to say put an x where where you're going to put the compressions the third thing is we're going to do one third the distance between the anterior chest and the posterior chest so what does that mean if the anterior portion of the chest is the front of your body and the posterior chest is your back if we're going to do compressions we're only going down one third of the way so lie a child flat and put the anterior is the, the top of their chest, the posterior is their back, which is on a flat surface, we're only going down one-third the distance. Normally, we go down one-half in an adult. But with the child, with an infant, we're doing one-third the distance. When we do CPR, a single rescuer is going to have a ratio of 30 to 2 compressions to breath. If there's more than one rescuer, it drops to 15 to 2. And that's pretty much what we need to know for infant CPR. Then let's talk about pediatric murmurs. Pediatric murmurs. And what the boards are going to ask about the, the murmurs. The ones that they like to ask first and foremost is they love asking about patent ductus arteriosus. 
So there's a open duct between your arteries in the heart. And for short, it's called a PDA, patent ductus arteriosus. Pathognomonic is 100% going to be machine-like murmur. If you see machine-like murmur, it is 100% a PDA. There is no other murmur that will be described this way, pathognomonic. The other thing that the boards may test you on, I'd say it's fair game, not necessarily high yield, but it's fair game for the boards. This is normal within the first few days of life. So it could be one of those ones that your prioritization questions, right? A newborn with a PDA, we're not freaking out about it. It's, it's normal. Usually they, they will self-resolve. If they don't self-resolve, we give them an NSAID, and the NSAID that we give them is endomethacin. Then the other two things that they like to talk about are Tetralogy of Fallot and Kawasaki's disease. So what about Tetralogy of Fallot that we need to know? Tetralogy of Fallot has, has a couple of different aspects to it. For the sake of the boards, it's, it's an anatomical issue. So what do I mean by anatomical issue? They've got this anterosuperior displacement of the infundibular septum. So it's a lot of a lot of words there, right? Anterosuperior displacement of the infundibular septum. So all that really means is that they have problems getting blood out because they've got this overriding aorta. Overriding aorta. An overriding aorta means that we're not going to be able to get blood out of the aorta. If we cannot get blood out of the aorta, we're not going to be able to get oxygenated blood to the body, which means they become blue, right? They become blue and then they become cyanotic or they can become deoxygenated. They can have hypercyanosis. All these things are saying the same thing. We're not able to get the blood out. This happens when we feed them. This happens when they cry, also known as tet spells. Ultimately, the way that we're going to be able to fix this is through surgery, not what the boards are going to ask you about. What they want to see is if you understand that this child becomes deoxygenated, cyanotic, blue, they have tet spells. These are all saying the same thing, hypercyanotic. All saying the same thing. This child is not able to get that blood out of that aorta. So what do we do? The first thing we do, a knee to chest maneuver. We take their legs and we push it up towards their chest. What does that do? It increases venous return. And if our venous blood is coming back into the heart, all that pressure coming into the heart will now go into the left heart and push that aorta open. And now we're able to get that blood to the rest of their body. So we can do a knee to chest position. The other thing that the boards are going to want to ask is what did I say causes these tet spells or the cyanotic spells, deoxygenation, whatever you want to call it, is when they cry or they're feeding, if they're eating heavy, big, long meals, they're not going to be able to breathe. If they're crying, they're not going to be able to breathe. And their aorta is not, they're not going to get that blood back into the right side of their heart to push it through the left side of the heart. So we try to prevent them from crying. We try to prevent them from eating large meals. We give them small, frequent meals instead. And that does two things. One, it's going to 
help them not be hungry so they're not going to cry and also we're not going to overwhelm them with a large meal those are pretty much the things that they want to know about Tetralogy of Fallot Kawasaki's disease why do the boards like Kawasaki's disease this NCLEX High Yield Podcast is brought to you by Immunacy. I-M-M-U-N-A-C-Y. Immunacy.com. Immunacy is an immune system booster formulated by doctors and pharmacists. This team of MDs, PharmDs, DOs, and PhDs have put together a proprietary formula with the highest quality ingredients to keep you in your best health. All natural, gluten-free, zero sugar, vegan, no GMOs, and fully bioavailable Stock up now to keep your immune system at its best. Immunacy is now available at immunacy.com. Check them out. And now, back to the podcast. Hey guys, Nurse Claudia here with NCLEX High Yield. If you don't know me, I'm currently a cardiac ICU nurse in Albany, New York. However, to get where I am today, I was a third-time test taker of the NCLEX exam. And the only way I was able to easily pass that third time was with the help of NCLEX High Yield. I believe in these teaching methods so much that I'm here today to help you as well, and today we are going to talk about Kawasaki disease. So, Kawasaki disease is a viral infection of unknown etiology. What this means is that we don't know what causes it. The disease is also life-threatening, and because of how rare it is and how life-threatening it is, the boards are going to be like, hey, this is high-yield information, I'm going to grab this and test you on it. So, with that being said, what are we worried about? Well, we're worried about vasculitis. What's vasculitis? Break the word down. Break it in half. Vascu is the vasculature. Itis is the inflammation. So we're worried about inflammation of the vasculature. Specifically, we're worried about the inflammation of the arteries. That's what Kawasaki disease is. The problem with this is that it just doesn't attack every artery. We're worried about the coronary artery. And on top of that, this disease targets children under 5 years old. So we're worried about the coronary artery in a child that is up to five years old. Why is this coronary artery so important? This is the artery that supplies your heart with the blood and nutrients that it needs to function. And in a child that's not even five years old yet, this is an emergency. The heart isn't fully developed when you're five years old. Because this coronary artery is inflamed, it's an emergency. When this coronary artery becomes inflamed, it becomes compromised. The integrity of the artery decreases. It was this big, hefty, sturdy artery, but now it's just not. Because the artery is compromised, the lumen starts to become weak. You're like, wait, hold on, Nurse Claudia, you caught me off guard. What is the lumen? So the lumen is the space in the artery, and it's the tubular space in the artery. This is where the blood flows through. If the lumen is weak, we're worried about an aneurysm, and that should make a light bulb go off. With anything NCLEX-related in regards to an aneurysm, what are we worried about? We're worried about rupture. We're worried about this aneurysm bursting. And going back to the eight things that we're worried about, we're worried about hemorrhage. So we're freaking out. And also, if you haven't heard about our top eight things to look out for and freak out about, then you're going to go back to this podcast to episode seven, where Dr. Z talks about prioritization and talks about the eight things. Another symptom that this child is going to present with is high fevers and super high, like 104 to 105 type of fever. With these high fevers, we're worried about seizures, which brings us to another one of the eight, altered mental status. So, so far with Kawasaki disease, we have two of the eight. We have hemorrhage and we also have altered mental status. So just keep that cooking in the back of your brain. So the child will also present with a strawberry tongue, edema, and skin peeling. But 
in a board question, the heart is more important than the other symptoms. So if you have a question where it is asking about anything in regards to heart or the artery, like an echo, an EKG, you're auscultating the heart. You're choosing that as the answer. You're not choosing an answer about fevers. You're not choosing an answer about the strawberry tongue. You're worried about this coronary artery. You're worried about the heart. That is going to be your answer. So the treatment for Kawasaki is going to be IV immunoglobin treatment with aspirin, not by itself, with aspirin. Sometimes you will also see it as IVIG, that's the exact same thing, along with aspirin. The boards love this question because as a nurse, you are never, ever, ever giving a child aspirin with a viral infection. Why? Because of Ray syndrome. Ray syndrome causes encephalopathy and fatty liver. So you're never, ever, ever giving a child aspirin. However, with the Kawasaki disease, you are going to give them aspirin along with the IVIG treatment. And that's why the boards love to ask you that question because it's going to trick you. Hey guys, Dr. Zishan here. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys could kindly subscribe, leave us some stars, whatever you think it's worth, and leave us a review. We always want to get better for you guys and want to keep putting out this free content for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. Have a good one. See you on the next podcast.